your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase flying solo on today's podcast. Can we be done with these late night 1030 puck drops? Did we really need 1030? 10 wasn't enough. We needed to go with that extra half hour. Uh, I don't know how many of you made kept uh, stayed up for that game. Uh, Sabres and Sharks last night uh, on Tuesday night. Sabres lose the game 5-3. to three. Um, It went really late, like past 1 a.m. I feel for my colleagues over at WGR 550, Brian Koziel, who I know is a teacher, has to work at like 6 o'clock in the morning, and he was probably doing the show, the postgame show, until like 2 a.m. So that's a tough one. You know, like we, we love Sabres after dark, and then we remember when the games end, and suddenly, yeah, I don't know if we love Sabres after dark all that much. I, uh, I don't love it as much as I may have remembered. So we'll go through what happened in the Sabres 5-3 loss in this, to the San Jose Sharks last night. And also, there was a report by ESPN's Emily Kaplan pertaining to Jack Eichel during one of the intermission reports that I want to talk about as well. Uh, she made a certain comment, kind of compa- uh, analogy, on how close an Eichel deal is to getting done that I kind of want to kind of want to kick around a little bit because I'm not sure it's really all that right, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, in terms of the ice time I was looking at in this game, Rasmus Asplund saw his uh, highest total of the season, 21 minutes and 35 seconds, which I thought was interesting because I thought I thought he struggled. I thought it was one of his worst games of the year. There were turnovers. There were weird plays in the defensive zone, uh, not able to get the puck out. He does end up with an assist in this game, and I've liked Asplund overall throughout the season, but I thought he had a pretty tough night. Um, Jeff Skinner scores two goals in this game, playing 20 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time on six shots on goal, one of which that first Sabre goal. So after the Jonathan Dolan uh, goal that gave the Sharks a one to nothing lead in the first period, immediately after, in fact, there's a delayed penalty by the Sharks. And the Sabres have the puck and control the puck in the Sharks' end for seemingly three minutes, two to three minutes, and it eventually leads to a wrist shot from Jeff Skinner from the high slot, and uh, he buries it. He buries it side of the net, blocker side for James Reimer. Robert Hag standing in front of the net, so he does get the screen. But a good goal by Skinner. He's up to four now on the season. $9 million player. You're, you're going to hope that he can give you something over the next six years that he's under contract. Um, and I thought he's been pretty good to start this season. Good to see him get a couple of goals last night. That second goal he got very late in the game. Uh, to make It was 5-2 at the time. It makes it 5-3. Bats it in from behind the net. Um, good to see him get a couple of goals. That would be the most positive spin I think you could give last night's game other than I thought the Sabres were okay. I don't think they were really thoroughly outplayed. Uh, high danger scoring chances were seven for the Sharks, four for the Sabres. Scoring chances in general were in favor of the Sharks, 23 to the Sabres, 13. And then shots on goal was actually in favor of the Sabres, 25 to the Sharks, 22. The Sabres were settling for a lot of shots from the outside, which is not something they've done a lot of this season so far. It's been trying to drive to the middle, trying to get to the slot, get to those quality scoring areas, and we're going to work to get our chances from there. The Sabres were kind of, last night, accepting that we're just going to take shots from the wall. In fact, the 
nicest goal of the night was a was a chance from the outside it, with uh, Drake Kajula. It's a it's a mini two on two, and Kajula instead of maybe driving around the defenseman or passing the puck back into the middle, he takes a slap shot from the outside of the faceoff circle. Now. It's a great shot. It's unbelievable. The ESPN clocked it at 90 miles an hour. It's barred down uh, over the sh- over the glove shoulder of James Reimer. It's as nice a shot as you're going to see in the league, and it's as unstoppable as a shot as you're going to see from that area of the ice. It's just not a very you know quality area of the ice because that to score that goal, that shot needs to be absolutely perfect. Now in this case, it was by Drake Kajula, um, but. Like, that's just an example of the Sabres were settling for that last night. Now, was that the problem? Was that why they lost? It was a low-event game. I think why they lost, Craig Anderson didn't have a great night. I didn't think Craig Anderson had a great night. You allow that many goals on that those few amount of shots, it was a pretty low-event game. Again, seven high-danger scoring chances for the Sharks, four for the Buffalo Sabres. Expected goals, 1.41 for the Sharks, 1.26 for the Sabres. It was a very low event game. So I think goaltending, I'd want to chalk this loss up to the Sabres were outplayed by a little bit as well. Um, but overall, didn't think they played horribly third game of a West coast trip. You're just trying to get through this trip and, um, hopefully you can get the win in Seattle to kind of round. It'll look better. It'll look better on the standings. If the Sabres are able to win in Seattle, their first trip to climate pledge arena on Thursday night with the loss, the Sabres dropped the fourth in the Atlantic division. They've now lost two in a row. The lightning, by the way, have lost one, three in a row. So they have come into a tie with the Sabres uh, for third in the division. The Leafs now also tied with 11 points. Uh, they've played 10 games, though. The Lightning and Sabres have played 9. And then there are the Florida Panthers sitting atop the division with 17 points. They are 8-0-1 through 9 games. Now, while the Sabres have stumbled a little bit, so have the Detroit Red Wings. They've lost 3 in a row. They've dropped a 4-4-2. Four, four, and two. Uh, The Bruins have still not played that many games. They're only at 7 games played, and they are at 4-3. and three. Ottawa then nine games played three five and one in the Canadiens eleven games through three and eight they look like the worst team in the division and I believe that they are at this current moment uh, who else got on the stat sheet last night Dylan Cousins gets an assist in fourteen minutes eighteen seconds I mentioned the Drake Kajula goal he gets on the stat sheet Vinny Hino Stroza with two assists uh, in this game and Tage Thompson gets an apple as well Robert Hag with an assist also. Uh, in 16 minutes and 17 seconds of ice time, even though he played the fewest amount of minutes for the defenseman last night. I thought Hag and Pesic had their worst game of the season. Pesic with some kind of uncharacteristic turnovers. He's usually very solid. He's very safe. He's very conservative. He's very efficient at getting the puck out of his own end. And there were a couple of stretch passes, including one in the first period that uh, resulted in a sharp goal that... I think just really, really uh, sank the Sabres uh, on a couple of occasions. And that's usually not what you're going to get from him. Hag had a couple of down moments as well. So tandem from last night did not have their best game. Uh, didn't think they played all that well. Darlene, Darlene got walked. Got walked by Tomas Hurdle in the third period. Toe drag around Darlene. You know, watching, watching that play back. He just, I'm trying to, I'm watching it again right now. His stick is out the way it should be. His hips are aligned with hurdles. And that seems to be his focus for, uh, as hurdles entering the zone. 
But as Hurdle goes to the toe drag, Dalin just gets lost with where the puck is. And his eyes aren't able to keep up with where the puck is, and he's not focused on Hurdle's hips. I mean, that is defenseman 101, that you just can't let him go to the inside on you like that. You've got to be able to drive him away, and he misses on the stick lift. So it's it looks bad because it is bad. Hurdle just undresses him and then is able to score after to make it 5-2 five, five to two to really bury the Sabres at that point in time. You're really going to want Dalene to clean that up. In his own end, he's been struggling a lot this year. I didn't see a lot of anything from him last night. Carrying the puck, these nice passes, like the wild plays are not really coming with Dalene right now. And I'll just say I'm starting to get a little bit worried uh, about him. Uh, he did lead the team in ice time last night, 25 minutes and 12 seconds. Um, so he's playing a lot, but didn't not playing uh, all that well. Um, all right, well, let's take a timeout here. Sabres lose the Sharks 5-3. to They drop to 5-3-1 and one. next game against Seattle on Thursday night. They had a tidbit about Jack Eichel on the, on the broadcast, on the stream, ESPN Plus did. Yeah, Emily Kaplan during one of the intermission reports. I want to go through that a little bit when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Before we do that, though, Reminder, this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream, a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That is DirecTV.com. This episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag, my number one source, and it should be your number one source for everything sports betting. Remains your number one spot for all the football and and basketball action this season, as well as hockey. They've got everything. Basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC. And if you head to their new website today and sign up today, you'll receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Joe DiBiase here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Sabres lose five to three to the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday night. ESPN's Emily Kaplan in the first intermission says that Jack Eichel's trade is on the one yard line. Quote, she said on the one yard line. She also dropped the nugget that it would either be Vegas or Calgary. Now, these are really not things that I feel like that we already didn't know. It was funny ESPN was building this up for uh, for a while that <laughs> that Emily Kaplan, she's got something on the Jack Eichel trade front for the intermission, and it was basically all information that we had already heard. Um, we already knew that, uh, bol- that all teams are okay with Jack Eichel getting his preferred surgery, except the Sabres, seemingly. Uh, we already know that Calgary and Vegas are the front runners, so I don't really know what we were we had to learn there uh, from Emily Kaplan. It was interesting to me that they were building that up as an update when it's like week old information. Um, I guess the one yard line quote is new, if it's even right. But I, haven't we been on the one yard line for six months? Ha- haven't we been that this close? Now maybe we're closer now than we ever have been before, but it felt like. We were on the one-yard line last week when we were finding out a, d- a deal with Vegas could have happened that night. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I, it was just funny to me that they thought that was an update because it really wasn't. Now, Vegas and Calgary, I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. I, I might be alone in this. I kind of want to just see what happens if this keeps going. Like, a grievance, 
Does he get the surgery he wants? What happens then? If there's still no trade worked out, if the Sabres still can't find anybody, give them what they want, and he's healthy, does he come back to play for the Sabres? Does that, is that only happen if they're good? If they are good, does he get back on the ice for them? Does he? They're not going to make the playoffs. But if they did make the playoffs, would he play in the playoffs? Like These are all questions that I'd be curious to know the answer to. And we'll only know the answer if they don't trade him. Now, I know fans want this over with, and, you know, a part of me, of course, does as well because I think it's very important to the future of the organization and building around the core that you're currently building to get the trade pieces, uh, quality pieces that you would get in an Eichel deal. If it's a, if it, that's Peyton Krabs or Alex Tuck, if it's Shea Theodore, if it's first-round picks from Vegas, Nick Haig, Matt Coronado from the Calgary Flames, Sean Monahan, you know, who any of these pieces. Like, you're going to want those. They're going to be vital to the future of this organization because you've got to get this trade right. But the hockey fan in me is just curious and the, and the content creator in me is just curious to see what happens if we just keep going here and no trade has worked out. If talks break down today between the Sabres, the Golden Knights, and the Flames, then what happens? Does the grievance get filed by Eichel? If they side with Eichel, again, does he, get the, does he just go and get the surgery he wants? At that time, yes, of course he would. And then what do the Sabres do? And I wonder if there is a scenario where he would get back on the ice for this team. And is there a scenario where he would get on the ice for the Olympics? I'm going to be the last person to let that die. Uh, I know that everyone's telling you it's going to be super unlikely that he plays at the Olympics. And I do think it's super, super unlikely that he plays at the Olympics. But uh, the the USA hockey fan in me that's been desperately wanting to see them back on the ice and wanting to see an Austin Matthews-Jack Eichel one-two center combination. Just a part of me doesn't want to let that possibility die until it's at absolutely 0%. And even Emily Kaplan said last night, the uh, the Olympics for Eichel is, very, I think she said, extremely or very unlikely. But no one has said at this point that it's out. It's out of the conversation completely. Um, so if there's a 3% chance that he were to suit up for Team USA, I'm going to be the one that wants to bring up that there's still a 3% chance because uh, I want to see him on the ice for Team USA. Um, by the way, as I'm talking, Gordon Miller of TSN just tweeted, I'm going to read this in real time, the issue of Chinese participation in the men's Olympic tournament in Beijing has apparently been settled. IIHF President Luke Teredef announced yesterday the Chinese team will not be removed from the competition despite concerns about its ability to compete. <laughs> that's amazing because if anyone I I've gone back and watched ch the Chinese team play in lower levels of double IHF world championships and it's going to be bad it's going to be really bad I mean they're going to lose by 30 to the US and Canada um, I feel like I, I don't even know if this is an exaggeration I feel like it might not be that I've played on beer league teams that could beat that Chinese hockey team like I they're just not they, they don't look a lot of them just don't look like they're great skaters and I mean that by like the average person standards not even by NHL standards you know like Matt Molson was a terrible skater for the Sabres but he was a great skater in terms of the world and like I'm watching some of these Chinese players on this team and I it's going to be it's going to be rough uh it's just funny that that came up as we were kind of referencing the olympics here but anyway sabers and seattle kraken their first trip to climate pledge arena the first 
trip to play the Kraken on Thursday night at 10 o'clock. We will talk to you tomorrow here in the Lockdown Savers podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Jordan Hanskin will rejoin me, the, uh, not for the Seattle game, but their next game after that. Too late for him. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Savers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms.